This is the Salt Company National Podcast, a resource for college students on mission for Jesus. Hey guys, welcome to the Salt Company National Podcast. We are so excited to be joined by another conference speaker. Today we have Mark Vance uh, joining us on the podcast. Mark, say hello. I am glad to be here. Hello to podcast world out there and very excited about the conference coming up. Yeah. So one of the things that we love to do on the podcast is just get to know the conference speakers before we actually have conference. We'd love for you to hear from them, uh, hear how God has used uh, them uh, specifically in some really awesome ways in the network, but also just so that you can connect with them as they speak at conference. And so we're excited to get to know Mark. So Mark, tell us a little bit about uh, you. Where are you from? What church are you pastoring? I am from the great state of Iowa. I grew up in a little tiny town in Iowa of 342 people. Shout out to Sheldahl, Iowa. There's no one listening there. They don't even have the internet. Uh, oh. Grew up in Iowa. I'm currently the lead pastor at Cornerstone Church in Ames, Iowa, home of the Iowa State University. Let's go Cyclones. And uh, have I've been here in Ames now for almost uh, 12 years. I started first on Salt Company staff, served there for almost the first six years, and now I've been in the lead pastor role here at Cornerstone for six years after that. And so Courtney and Tony kind of been a privilege to have a front row seat in a lot of ways to how God has worked in the Salt Network. And so it's just a super fun thing to see the incredible growth of the gospel in students all across the country now. Yeah, I have been privileged to know Mark uh, pretty early on since Mark has joined the Salt Network. He was the conf- or the uh, retreat speaker when I was a senior in high or excuse me in college, and the retreat dance theme that year was the Mark Vance dance, and he Mark Vance dance. He Let's performed go. a dance for all of us, which I, I'm not entirely sure what it is, but I, I think if you start chanting Mark Vance dance at the conference while he's preaching, I think he'd be willing to rip that right out. See, if it, I would have to have Isaac Schmidt, currently worship leader, up at Redemption Church in Minneapolis. He'd have to refresh me on it, Courtney, because really, Isaac was there, and he he's the one he said to me, hey, Mark, we're going to have a dance. It's going to be themed after you. And I was like, what do you mean? So then I actually would greet people walking in like, hey, guys, I'm Mark Vance. Welcome to uh, the dance that's about me. Hey, <laughs> And we would greet people at the door. We came up with Mark. It was bad, but it was a lot of fun. That's incredible. It, it was incredible. It was not my favorite dance theme, if I'm being honest, but it was great to to hear from Mark. And later, Mark uh, was my boss at Salt Company in Ames. Thankfully, he offered me a job, which I'm so thankful for. And uh, my lead pastor now is I attend Cornerstone Church. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about your family. Well, this is a crazy week. When you are interviewing me, uh, my this week, I had my son, Owen, turn 16. So I have a 16-year-old son, which means I'm officially older than I think I am. I have a 13-year-old daughter, Avery, 11-year-old son, Reed. So Owen, Avery, and Reed. And then my wife, Crystal, actually, the day we are doing this interview, it's her birthday as well. She's 22 years old (laughs) and uh, hasn't aged for 20 years. And so just an incredible, godly woman. I love doing life with them. And Ames has just been a great home. They're a fun crew of people. And so they will actually probably be around with me, some at the SALT conference. Like my son, last year's SALT conference, we were driving home and talking about it. He's like, listen, if you don't believe in God and you're not on fire for him and that didn't light you on fire, you got some sort of problem. 
you like there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so they love salt and they love the conference. He gets it. He gets it. No, that's great, Mark. That's sweet. Tell us about how did you join the Salt Network? What was your inception story within the network itself and how'd you get plugged in? Well, in a lot of ways, uh, Tony, I didn't join the network because when I came to work at Cornerstone, the network didn't exist. I right. uh, started at Cornerstone in 2012. Uh, and the story to that really, a lot of the story is a big shout out to Cody Klein. So Cody um, was working as the director of Salt Company in Ames at that point in time. They had just, he was the director because they had just a little bit earlier planted a salt company at the University of Iowa. And um, so the Hawkeyes have their salt company going. You have one at Iowa State when I come in. And because of that kind of pushing out of a bunch of staff to start at University of Iowa, there were some holes that they needed to fill in their, fill in the, their team on um, at the salt company in Ames. Mm-hmm. So Cody and I had gotten to know each other through doing ministry in the Des Moines area in Iowa. And he reached out, actually emailed me, said, hey, Mark, do you have anybody who you think would be good for this role in Ames? And I I sent him two or three names back. And then he was like, so really, I was trying to get you to put your name in. Smooth. (laughs) I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I was at that point, I was a worship pastor, little backstory there, worship pastor, teaching pastor at a church called Sailorville Church, an incredible gospel church in the Ankeny, Des Moines area. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. But out of, again, an honor for Cody and that crew. My wife and I went and visited a salt company and it was probably January, February time of 2012. And we just saw this unique work of God among university students. And I remember getting in the car, Tony, with Crystal headed back home. And I'm like, so what do you think about that? And her first response was, I mean, honestly, I think the house is going to sell pretty quick. I think it's going to be fine. (laughs) And so from then on, we just felt like whatever we could do to get as close as we could to the sort of work of God fire that was happening here, we wanted to get close to that. And so God used Cody Klein, extended an offer for me to join the SALT staff. And then within about a year, year and a half from then, as Cody transitioned to work within Cornerstone, I stepped into the role of SALT director in uh, Ames with the salt company there. And I kind of got the chance from that seat to see the literal birth of the salt network kind Mm -hmm. of started off of, you know, these three churches in Iowa, University of Iowa, then University of Northern Iowa, and this sense of like, we knew God was calling us to start churches, but I got the chance to see like those original, like, I think our first vision was let's try to plant every one of the 99 counties in Iowa. (laughs) And I was like this kid who had come outside into this network because I fell in love with university students. And I just remember feeling like almost gently insulted in my soul because I'm like, you guys, God gave you this anointing to reach (laughs) university students on these college campuses. I've never seen anyone do anything like this. And you want to go to Humboldt? You know, no offense to Humboldt. We love you guys in Humboldt, (laughs) Iowa or whatever place like that. I'm like, no, you need to go to the University of Minnesota. You need to go. Because I just felt like watching Troy and Jeff Dodge and Mark Aaron and Paul Sabino, I'd never seen people who worked so fruitfully among university students. Mm. And so I got the chance to just plant a little seed that God would later birth into some of the SALT network with just saying, why don't we just put at the core of our DNA that we're a family of churches that are on mission to reach the university centers across North America. and. Yeah that's kind of where the language of reaching 403 major campuses, all of that kind of births out of that 
kind of humble beginnings of seeing God doing something great and me just having a compelling thing in my soul saying, I, I want to use my life to get this to more places if possible. Hmm. And so, yeah, got to have a little bit of a front row seat to all of that. That's awesome. So the network officially started in 2016, but actually the Salt Company Conference started before that. And Mark, you were a piece kind of in the process of beginning the conference. So tell us a little bit about why did it start? What was the prayer and hope um, in beginning it earlier? Well, and again, I want to give just such a shout out to Cody Klein here. Love Cody. He's the lead pastor now at Candeo Church in Cedar Falls. When he had been director of Salt Company Court, he had put like a deposit down on renting the Community Choice Credit Union Ballroom, which is like upstairs, by the way, in the kind of, you know, Iowa event center space where we meet now for the Salt Company Conference. And he had put this deposit down because at that point in time, we just were trying to find a big space where we could get University of Iowa, University of Northern Iowa, and Iowa State together. Mm. Okay. So that was like, we had no vision of there's a big national network. We just thought, It'd be cool to, you know, do a thing in the spring together. So we get together <laughs> spring thing, uh, baby. to do this do thing. Something. Let's just do something. I mean, we're from Iowa, guys. There's not a lot going on sure. just in the state, Very period. Cool. So let's let's throw a conference. Why not? With our friends. And honestly, the first year we got together, 2015, we said on stage, why are we doing this? Because we're a family of churches. We're not just salt company. We're a family. Hmm. But seeing the family together, I was also just caught up with this idea that we're not just a family, we're a family that's on this mission together. We don't just think that the good news is for us. We think it's for our next door neighbor. And we think it's for the guy in the dorm across from us. And we think it's for the other person in our classes. And so we we were a family on mission. And it was like the first year of the conference, I felt like I got, I was at the best family reunion that could have ever existed. Mm. You know, it's like the yeah. people I love the most in the world gathered to worship the people person I love the most in the universe, Jesus. And we got to be everything that I thought was so beautiful about Salt Company. We got to be together. We would take Jesus so seriously and take the word of God so seriously. And we would take ourselves way less seriously. And we would have the time of our lives basically worshiping our brains out to Jesus and hanging out with the people that we love the most. And I was like, dude, we have got to do this every year. Well, in time then, that kind of developed into, well, now we're going to plant churches. Well, where else are we going to tell people about it? Let's tell people about it at the conference. And so what happened is we stumbled onto this thing where an incredible national gathering of college students could also be connected with this missional movement of God and church planting. And so the Salt Company Conference was kind of birthed out of just, I don't know, a desire to worship Jesus like crazy with the people I love the most. Mm-hmm. And dude, here's the other thing. I mean, Courtney and Tony, you guys have seen this. Like I, I hate this network at some level because all of my dearest friends in the world, oh. I have been part of a conversation to compel them to leave me. Oh, for sure. And move their life. Yes. And I, I'm like, tragic. Truly. I still remember these conversations with Solomon and Kendra, you know, the last couple of years, I, I, lost the ability to cry more tears sending like these are my best friends yeah and so if we're gonna send them out like i know we get heaven together but we also get the closest thing that i have to heaven which is a room in des moines iowa friends that's right des moines iowa in january and what makes it close to heaven 
get, people get this all wrong in the world. What makes stuff close to heaven isn't just the beauty of the setting. It's the people and the beauty of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I get every year, I have this space where it's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm excited to hear a good speaker, but I'm actually excited to hang out with my family. And that's really what the conference every year, what started there in 2015 has become just the highlight of the year for me because the people I love the most still are getting together to worship the person I love the most, Jesus. And it's never lost that kind of heartbeat that drew me to it in the very first years. I think when, you know, when I was at the first conference in 2015 as a a student who'd been a part of Salt Company, Iowa City since 2010, it was amazing what God was doing on that college campus. And then for me to join with other AIM students and UNI students and to say like, God's not just moving in Iowa City, he's moving here and here. And then he's saying, you know, like we're going to go to the next place. And so then just meeting with students and hearing about like, here's what God's doing in my heart. And I'm excited and not content with God just doing something incredible on my college campus, but I want to see more and I want to be a part of it. And it ignites Mm -hmm. something in a student's heart that is beautiful and incredible. And it it's truly a family on mission. And so it's been a blessing to me in particular and to so many. And so thanks to Cody and to to you, Mark, uh, for dreaming that up. And we're going to keep moving it forward. And I'm so excited for this year. Oh my goodness. Guys, I'm so excited. Seriously. And I, I, I mean that like, first off, okay, I'm just, this might be a detour here. Like for all of you in podcast land, these guys have beautiful notes. They've planned this thing out. This is a great (laughs) power team here. Okay. But I'm just taking these things off the rails. The worship at the conference, guys, the the band, how do they do this? And every year I think it's not going to be better than that. That impossible. Then I come back the next year and I think, well, fantastic. I was wrong. They did it. <laughs> That's incredible. And it's not just, I mean, they got the fancy light, you know, the, the things, you know, they're cool looking, but it's really not that. It's like, I'm looking up and it's like, I'm seeing Davis and I'm like, I remember when mm. that dude was a freshman at Iowa State. Wow. And I'm seeing Molly and I remember when her life was just radically changed with the gospel. And so, it's not just I'm being led by a cool band. I'm being led by my family members. That's right. You know, in worship. And so I, I'm just, I mean, I'm excited to preach a message and all. And I hope it doesn't, you know, I hope it's not a dud and it has some, something of the gospel and the glory of Jesus in it. And I'm ready to preach my face off and, you know, go for it. But man, <laughs> to just, if all I got the chance to do was just to sing a song where Molly Hartman led me in worship, I'm good, man. I'm good. I can pack it up and go home. I love the worship at the conference. So little shout out to all the work that the tech team and the band and all right. the people who put That's in right. so much time to love us put in. It's just so fun. I love it. Man, that is so good, Mark. Yeah, I just, I loved experiencing conference as a student too. I mean, I was thinking about my own first time at conference and I was not from Iowa. So I was like, what, why are we going to Iowa? This seems like a bad idea. And so we just all piled in cars and went and slept on floors at people's houses in Des Moines. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's like people down here in Iowa. This is like a real place with civilization. And oh my uh, gosh. I remember going to conference and I was like, man, I had, I had never seen that many young people gathered together to worship Jesus. And I was just at that time, a junior in college up here in the Twin Cities. And it was at that time that I felt the call of God to be a part of something like this for the rest of my life solidified. I'll always think back to that conference and sitting there with Jordan Adams, who was my college pastor at the time, linking arms and being like, man, 
this thing is just getting started. So praise be to God that we now get to see so many more universities join in, that we get to see people from Florida getting in a bus to spend many a moon to drive up to Iowa to be part of it. (laughs) They're so excited to see things that aren't the coastline and oceans, which, you know, that's on them. But it's a it's a beautiful joy and I'm I'm so excited for this year. Yeah. Well and and Tony, shout out first off, students in Florida. I did I had the chance to be at their beach retreat in Florida. Beach down retreat, there with them. man. Come and on. at the end of the beach retreat, they chanted Iowa. Like where are we <laughs> headed in January? Iowa. And I'm like, you people get the gospel because there's nothing <laughs> outside the love of Jesus that's, that's gonna right. compel you to be that excited about this. But I feel like even as I, you know, I, I'm joking about, do I have a message? Guys, holy moly, it, we're, we're walking through Ephesians 2 and 3 at the conference, which is like the heartbeat of the gospel in the New Testament. You know, what, what does it look like? We're dead in our sins and our trespasses. We made alive by grace. Mm. We have a mission we, that is far beyond us. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. It's not just a me thing. It's a we thing that a group of multinational crazies who should never be united together in the world's eyes are now made one new man in Christ. You know, this unbelievable wisdom of God that Ephesians 3 says is putting on display God's wisdom to the principalities, the powers of the universe. It's being made display, on display in a conference room in Des Moines, Iowa. This is what God's wisdom looks like. And then I get the chance to just step up and take this prayer that Paul has, praying for these people he loves, looking at all that God has done and saying, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine, like being on this call, I feel the emotion in me because I look at the conference every year and I think I'm a kid from a town of 342 people in Iowa. And all I wanted to do in 2012 was not start a national movement. I just wanted to get close to a fire that Jesus had lit in college students. Come on. And so I've already seen in my life more than I honestly ever thought I would get the chance to see. So I get to come to the conference and say, now to him who's able to do more than we could ever ask or imagine. You know, and so I'm not going to give my whole, whole message, but I just think, What's happening here is God is birthing the seedbed of revival out of a remnant that's going to be faithful to him. Mm-hmm. So remnant is a Bible word about the sort of people that when the children of Israel were being punished for being disobedient to God, and he sent them out in punishment to exile, he held back for himself a remnant, a faithful group who held to Christ. It's men like Daniel in Babylon. And I think that's actually the posture of the church in the age that we live right now, that in North America, I'm not looking for a church that thinks they're going to triumph and beat back the forces of darkness, do everything in the world, like some sort of like false bravado sort of thing that we maybe through political action can take back, you know, what we feel what's once more. What I think God's calling is he's looking for some people who'd say, hey, I'll stand in the dark for Jesus. I'll be a remnant. I'll be a witness where there isn't one. I'll be the light to the dark place. He's looking for a remnant that will have this kind of like holy passion and holy devotion to him. And I think that's what I'm praying Salt Company is, guys. God, let us be faithful in the dark places. I don't, I'm not, I'm a Christian. I'm not afraid of the dark. I I already have Jesus, who's the light of the world, who said now to me, I'm, I'm to be a city on a hill, light in a dark place, right? So Salt Company, I want to compel us to be part of that. That's my prayer. God, make Salt Company the remnant 
make, make us the people in the dark place who stand for the light. And I have this compelling thing in my heart too, that I believe in a moment where people all over our country feel like what in the world is going on culturally, what's going on in the world, the chaos that's created. I just actually think Satan has overplayed his hand. Hmm. So I'm going to give a little picture here of what I think's happened in this generation. So I was just in, in Dallas listening to a pastor, Josh Howerton, explain about this. He had a mentor of his, uh, Ray Ortland, faithful pastor in Nashville for many years. And Ray was discipling Josh. He said, here's the thing about Satan, Josh, is he's not logical. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's actually compelled by pride. He's this. You're talking about a being who looked at the throne of God and thought, you know, maybe I could sit on that, mm-hmm. you know? I, so he's full of himself. He doesn't know when to stop. If Satan's a compulsive gambler, every time he wins a hand, he goes all in on the next one. All right. And what that means is sometimes he goes way past where he should be. And I think actually in this cultural moment, we look at the chaos that is around us. And I think what it is evidence of is Satan overplaying his hand. Where actually people are so confused now, they're looking for something that is light in the darkness. They're looking for a purpose that is bigger than their life. They're looking for a truth that it can actually hold them. And what we get to do in the Salt Company Conference, and guys, not just the Salt Company Conference, we get to do in Syracuse, New York, where the is stand up and say, there's actually a message in Jesus that is compelling enough to give you a hope for eternity and compelling enough to give you a purpose for here and now, an mm. identity that can't be shaken and isn't defined by you, but spoken over you by God. Mm. Like I actually think what's happened in the cultural moment craziness is Satan has so overplayed his hand, he has created an unbelievable opportunity for a faithful remnant to proclaim Christ and maybe see God do something in this generation that would be amazing. Man, that's good. So, Love it. I'm super excited wow. when I get to the conference because I'm like, this oh, is no, the I'm first. Fired up. Goodness. Yeah, me right. too. Ooh, I just want to go to like, conference this right is now. The, this is the first, you know, in-breaking of the movement God wants to make. Satan's overplayed his hand. So let's be the force of light going into the darkness, you know? Incredible. Wow. Praise God. Well, Mark, we are so thankful for you, man. Thanks for hopping on the podcast. Thanks for being willing to preach at conference. And thanks for, you know, being a part of the seedbed of what God is doing here in the network. I know as a student, I was so touched. Courtney was so touched. And still now, we cannot believe what we get to be a part of. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're excited about what it looks like to be a remnant revived by the good news of the gospel. Just want you to know you are in good company. We'll see you guys next time. 